Warning, the polysyllabic profanity in this episode has monosyllabic profanity wedged into it. This is Riley, the med.entomologist on Instagram, and as an evolutionary biologist, I can tell you that we did indeed evolve from filthy monkey men. It's July 5th, and I'm Eli. I'm no illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright, and from New York, New York, and Secret Lair, Pennsylvania, this is The Scathing Atheist. On this week's episode, uh, Eli won't actually be here for the intro. Heath won't be here for the intro either. So I'll have to just do it myself. But first, the diatribe. The plan was to move to Colorado this week. See, when we first set out to turn podcast for a living into something other than an ill-informed pipe dream, it required lowering our standard of living. A lot. I moved from America's greatest and most expensive city to a rundown trailer in a nowhere town in South Georgia where the cost of living and the navels of the natives were as low as anywhere in the country. The same shithole of a city where Lucinda grew up. And as soon as this podcast started turning a buck, we got the fuck out of there. Over the years, we slowly worked our way back to civilization, and now with the leash running out in our volcano layer here in Pennsylvania, Lucinda and I were presented with a pretty amazing choice. We could go pretty much anywhere. I mean, this is a job I can carry with me. I've got friends all over the country. We're priced out of places like San Francisco and New York City, sure, but we could live in whatever state we wanted to at least. So after about 18 seconds of conversation, we landed on Colorado. I've been there several times, and I fucking love it. Lucinda fucking loves it. And it's not just for the legal weed, but mostly it's for the legal weed. But then while we're in the middle of house hunting and whatnot, my father-in-law was rushed to the hospital with a kidney that decided to hold out for a better contract. This coming only a couple of months after he got a double bypass. And of course, this led to my wife's prolonged absence over the last couple of months while she was down south taking care of him. And with him collecting debilitating ailments like Pokemon, it became clearer and clearer that he really wasn't in a place where he'd be able to take care of himself anytime soon. So our plans changed. Instead of the colossal mountains, towering escarpments, sprawling deserts, breathtaking vistas, and bountiful legal weed of Colorado, we're going to settle for the colossal insects, towering CB antennas, sprawling Walmart super centers, breathtaking body odors, and bountiful legal discrimination against gays of South Georgia. I'm moving back to the worst place in America on purpose. And don't get me wrong. I like, honestly, I'm happy to do it. You know, Lucinda's dad is an awesome guy. He deserves to be as well taken care of in his old age as she was in her young age, but still I'm moving to fucking Georgia. And as I settle into that new reality, I find myself in desperate search of a silver lining other than the chrome plating on the truck nuts. And and there are a few. I could rent the mall, a grocery store, and two small neighborhoods for the price of a modest two-bedroom near Denver, and that's kind of nice. There are no restaurants there that Eli would eat in, so I don't have to risk wandering into one of those by accident. But best of all, I will never be short of diatribe material. You know, one of the byproducts of our 
return to civilization is that I'm kind of cut off from the very thing I spend every week talking about. More and more, my diatribes are about online interactions and shit I saw in the news because that's the only place I see religion. When I lived in Georgia, I couldn't walk two miles without seeing a dozen Jesus lawn signs. But up here, I can go weeks without seeing any religious propaganda I didn't intentionally subject myself to. But in Georgia... Holy shit. I'll have new stories of door to door missionaries and come to Jesus pamphleteers every week. I could tee up a golf ball in my front yard and hit three different churches with a good drive. And, and that's only an exaggeration because I suck at golf, but a person who was good at golf could actually do that. Every time I buy a pack of smokes, God will bless me on the way out the door. Every time I drive to town, God will stare back judgmentally from a bumper sticker. Every time I walk into a store, an army of red hats will implore me to make America great again. And I'll probably just keep my Zoom recorder in the fucking car because I'll have a lot of screaming to do. And even when I'm not confronted by the overt signs of religiosity, I'll be reminded of its effect every time I turn my head and take in the endemic poverty of that little Christian hellhole. See, it's no coincidence that the list of the states from poorest to richest is almost exactly the list of states from most to least religious. Now, the, the religious apologists like to pretend that the correlation starts with the poverty, right? They, they, they look at that fact and they say, well, sure, when you're poor, you don't have as much control over your life, so you tend towards a supernatural means of gaining control. And that kind of makes sense theoretically, but the math doesn't really work, right? I mean, it doesn't seem to hold for individuals, when people lose their income or go from a high to low income job, they don't have a higher tendency to suddenly find religion. When the economy collapsed in 2008, there wasn't a corresponding rise in religiosity. In fact, the trend away from religiosity actually accelerated over that point. And, and, and there's no metric of religiosity that seems to rise and fall with economic trends, even over the long term. Of course, one could also explain that correlation with some other variables, right? I mean, the, the list of states from least to most educated bears a striking resemblance to both those other lists. And we know that education improves income and decreases religiosity. So it would make a lot of sense to say education is the determining factor, not religion. Of course, that would be a much stronger argument if religion didn't so often directly conflict with education. Like the next logical question at this point is to ask, like, hey, why are those people so uneducated to begin with? And if upon looking into that, you say, hey, look here, it's a social construct that has to subvert logic to exist, tells people the earth is 6000 years old and gets pissed off every time you start teaching kids about the fundamental theory that undergirds modern biology, you might just find your culprit. And, and even then, the education thing can't explain all of it. Outliers like California and Nevada show us that education can't be the sole link here, but it doesn't need to be. Religion has a whole quiver full of ways to depress people's economic output. They restrict access to abortion and contraception and burden people with children before they're financially prepared. They encourage parents to have more kids than they can possibly take care of financially. They prime their parishioners for con artists other than just themselves. They use tax subsidies to suck money out of government coffers. They reinforce antiquated gender stereotypes that limit the earnings of women. They glorify poverty by listing it as a prerequisite for posthumous global inheritance. And on top of that, they also just take their fucking money. Look, regardless of the intent of any religion, the measure of its worth is in its effect. And the effect of Christianity is a bunch of undereducated people in abject poverty giving out Jesus pamphlets in a 99% Christian community in the 104 degree heat of a Walmart parking lot. And whenever I need a shot of rage to get me through a diatribe, a quick glance at one of its victims will always be near at hand. Hell, I'll be living in one. They're talking about your Jesus. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a special news bulletin.
Joining me for headlines tonight are nobody because I'm actually moving on the day we normally record. Heath's packing up to move and Eli's on some wooey sounding meditation retreat that'll make him just as relaxed as a good book for a lot more money. But fear not, over the last few weeks, we've been stockpiling a few extra headlines for you. So while they might not be as topical as you're used to, they do have dick jokes. Enjoy. And in murdering hypocritic oath news tonight. Over the last year, the Trump administration has been pushing very hard for a series of federal regulations known as conscience rules, which would allow medical practitioners and more importantly, hospitals to refuse people care that were against their deeply held beliefs. And as will come as a surprise to nobody who has ever heard our show before, the Catholic Church is one of the major driving forces behind these rules because they own a shit ton of hospitals and would sure love to kill some women. Ugh. And kill women they have. Keeping in mind that Catholic hospitals make up one out of six hospital beds in the United States, these laws would allow these institutions to deny women service and often life-saving health care they need if the care in question was too abortion-y. Something, I should note, they already do pretty much with impunity. Well, right, right, yeah. Pretty much as long as the women don't die, they can get away with it. And they're trying to pass laws to make it easier to get away with. Yeah, and even if we catch these hospitals breaking the law, they're probably just going to get, like, secretly moved to Italy or Argentina <laughs> and kill more women there. Right. Exactly. So next time your uncle asks you why gays can't just get their cake somewhere else, remind him that when you're fighting theocracy, the part of the road that sends women bleeding out of the door of hospitals looking for someone else to help them is behind us. Is back there, <sighs> that thing. And in my big fat Greek wedding news, wedding, <laughs> wet. a disturbing video went viral recently and it shows a naked newborn baby getting violently dunked Violent. into a big metal bucket of water over and over by Eli in a smock <laughs> in what appears to be a Greek Orthodox baptism ritual. So you guys remember the scene at the beginning of The Big Lebowski when he comes home from the store? <laughs> it's like that, but with Eli yelling at a baby, jamming its head into a little baby potty, going, where's the fucking money, shithead? It's very upsetting. Oh, the, the priest seemed only to be lacking a washboard. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Thomas won't return my phone calls, but if any of you speak to him, please let him know I thought the Lebowski reenactment photo shoot would be a nice gift for a friend. I apologize. <laughs> he won't. He keeps hanging up on me. I don't know. I blocked my number. Yes, yeah, so this video made headlines in several news sources recently. And uh, just to be clear, these sources aren't exactly the, the pantheons of journalistic integrity, mostly tabloids, but they aren't satire sites either. And uh, according to the reports, the Greek Orthodox baptism ritual involves forcefully dunking the baby three times. And based on the video and a few others that I looked up, which were also very upsetting, for some reason... You're supposed to flip the baby between dunks and well, do it very violently. Well, yeah, otherwise the baptism marks all go the same way. You want that chain link fence look. <laughs> yeah. And apparently there's a belief that being weirdly violent with all the maneuvers is helping solve the problem of declining birth rates, what? which is insane. But <laughs> it definitely explains these priests jamming the babies into the water like they're shoving a dick into whatever they think a vagina looks like. That's, what, that's what's happening in the videos. I, I get it. I get it. Because if you kill the baby during the baptism, it ups the birth rate, right? They got to get a they new one. I get a new it, baby. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> so the news about the terrifying 
enhanced purgation techniques found its way <laughs> to some higher ups in the Greek Orthodox Church. And they released a statement last week in which they claimed the man in the video isn't part of their church and pointed out that their baptism is generally done by pouring water over the baby's head rather than violently dunking the baby. And if, if that's all true, then I guess we shouldn't really be blaming the Greek Orthodox Church, but we should definitely still be blaming some church. He was in a church. And, yeah. And to some extent, all churches for having a thing that involves submersion of a baby in not air. That's stupid. <laughs> also, if that guy's not associated with the church, who the fuck is he? Right. A, a pizza maker who got lost on his way to work? <laughs> <laughs> that would explain a lot. But like, he just turns to mom. But I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. <laughs> and in it's called whispering news tonight. Ephemeral physician William Edwin Gray III may lose his medical license after promising that his homeopathic sound files you. can cure, <laughs> among other things, Ebola. Uh, the, the sound files, which you can buy now for the low, low price of contact website for pricing. Wait, wait, they're market price? <laughs> yeah, apparently. Depends if, like, water and acoustical vibrations are in season. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Gotta fish them out of the ether every morning. Yeah, no, it's tough. It's tough. Um, so anyway, and they're advertised as, quote, brief sound files with healing frequencies matched uniquely to what um, is unique nope, about the... Nope, <laughs> none of those words. <laughs> to about the details of your injury or sprain symptoms, end quote. The, the site goes on to point out that they have no side effects without emphasizing that that's a necessary byproduct of having no effects <laughs> may cause a, a guy to show up at your house, hand you a CD and throw a bucket of water in your face. <laughs> what, what does that even yeah. mean? What we're saying is it's like breaking up with heat. <laughs> <laughs> so a great justifies the treatment by pointing out that 36 of 37 malaria patients were cured within a few hours of using nope. this treatment. And boy, does he wish he thought to get some kind of tangible evidence of that at the time. He plans to widen the scope of his practice, which conflicts with the goals of the California Medical Board. The board recently filed a five-page complaint about Gray that accused him of gross negligence and threatened to take away his medical license. Of course, that wouldn't stop him from selling homeopathic shit, so I feel like he's going to be just fine. Right. So the complaint is literally just that. It's a complaint. Like, why not just tweet at him? I mean, if we're yes. doing things that don't... <laughs> what we're saying is it's uh, it's like breaking up with Eli. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And look, if I know anything about national regulation on homeopathic cures, the law isn't going to do shit to this asshat. That means our only hope is market forces. So with flooding the market in mind, we'd like to present the following homeopathic sound file clinically tested to cure Ebola, AIDS, cancer, swine flu, restless leg syndrome, and the summertime blues. <laughs> Homeopathic sounds are not intended to cure, treat, diagnose, prevent, or intimidate any disease. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Homeopathic sounds are offered for entertainment purposes only and do not constitute an attorney-client relationship. If you experience nausea, vomiting, or erection lasting more than 48 hours, discontinue use of homeopathic sounds immediately. Homeopathic sounds can be harmful or fatal or swallowed in case of accidental ingestion. Please contact a physician to explain to you how that could possibly work. Also, I've got your eyes. Always kidding. And in Silver Scheme Fiend news tonight, televangelist, TV salesman, and convicted felon Jim Baker has a brand new product this week. And no matter how much you donate on Patreon, we are not going to eat it. <laughs> well, maybe. It depends on how things work out with the bucket. We'll, well see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Tweety Bird in a Sigmund Freud costume's new product <laughs> is a silver gel <laughs> that he claims, and this is real, cures all venereal disease. Wow. Okay, but in fairness to Jim Baker, 
you look like Tweety Bird's owner in a Sigmund Freud costume. <laughs> being accurate. Hey, Eli, let's hurry this story up before we have to start thinking about how Jim Baker's octogenarian listenership got VD to begin with, huh? <laughs> one vote. So <laughs> here's the quote. Quote, do you know the one thing we never talk about really is one of the few gels and products that cures or gets rid of all venereal diseases. This is like a <laughs> miracle in a tube. End <sighs> quote. Okay, don't be fooled. The fleshlight does not cure VD. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't matter what you smear inside of that thing. I've done extensive research. That's not how that works. Uh, lava. Stands. Okay, but nope. it's still a miracle in a tube. <laughs> the pelvic okay. floor is lava. Put it on and your dick rots off, and now you don't have chlamydia. There you go. Either way, <laughs> Patreon goal, Heath will eat some of it. And I really only say that... <laughs> Because he already has. But we have the video and he's not dead from it yet. So might as well get some money out of it. Tasted like a nice, ripe thermometer, I would say. <laughs> it was pretty good. <laughs> Moving on. In Distillborn news, Christian broadcaster Rick Wiles finally recovered from his latest flare-up of his hair rejecting his face this week. <laughs> Just in time for a very special episode of True News. The news show that isn't lying. Yeah. <laughs> Now, putting true in the name of your news show is like putting democratic in the name of your country or objective in your Facebook posts. Or relationship in your open relationship. It's just, it's, it doesn't make sense. Boo, boo. So, <laughs> according to Wiles, we finally figured out the source of the great invigorated feeling we all get when we drink a nice cold glass of water. Turns out it's the life force of thousands of aborted fetuses Whose blood is being injected into America's public water supply? <laughs> I mean, if you buy into homeopathy, that's absolutely true, though. Yeah, but if you buy into homeopathy, literally everything is true. So. <laughs> Except science. <laughs> yes. Uh huh. Yeah. So apparently Rick Wiles had an interesting day at some point last week. He drank some water and turned to his wife and he was like, hey, let me ask you something. Does this taste like an aborted fetus to you? <laughs> and she said, what the fuck is wrong with you? And he was like, I knew it. You're in on the scam, too. So <laughs> did a whole show about it on True News. All right. Similarities to how Noah writes the diatribe are a coincidence in this case. I tell you, a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, here's what Wiles had to say. He started by just asking questions like any good skeptic. He asked, quote, when they slaughter a little baby in a Planned Parenthood baby butcher shop, <laughs> When, when that happens, where does that baby's blood go? Where does the baby's brains and guts go? End quote. Okay. So lots to unpack there <laughs> yes. already. First of all, the Planned Parenthood Baby Butcher Shop is an adorable new toy that we've been working on. Check out the GoFundMe. But more importantly, if I thought there was a butcher shop for fetuses inside Planned Parenthood, my first question isn't about... The logistics of blood cleanup. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's insane. I'm asking about the marbling. Well, I obviously, want to know about the marbling. obviously, I'm baffled that he's wondering about the remains categorically, <laughs> right? Like, like it's it's like recycling. There's just like, hey, y'all, which color bin do these eight cells go? Is this heart, you think, going to red one? Dave, for the last time, those cells can go in any bin. That's why we're killing the baby. They go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Make a shaky's pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so it turns out those questions were both real and rhetorical from Rick Wiles because he did some research and he found some answers. 
he answered himself, quote, I'll tell you where it goes. Oh, good. It goes down the drain into the sewer system, and the blood of those babies is running through your town's sewer. The sewage pipes in your city are carrying the blood, the guts, the brains, the tissues of all the babies murdered in your city today. You're actually drinking the baby's blood. Cannibalism, period, end quote. Well, when, when you're already drinking out of the sewer, it's a weird I, don't think, I, don't <laughs> think, I don't think he knows how pipes work. Look, the baby blood wouldn't even be your biggest concern in that scenario, bro. Right? Like... <laughs> I mean, I kind of see the logic because I, too, am very, very stupid. But when you're <laughs> drinking everything, right? Like, I feel you should bring up the massive amounts of poop before the baby blood. If only as a matter of volume, you yeah, should bring right? up the massive amounts of poop. <laughs> yeah. So just to be clear, uh, we do not literally throw out the baby with the bathwater when we're doing <laughs> abortion. And we do not infuse the public water system with dead fetuses. That's a popular misconception. <laughs> Dead baby pun. Crushed it. Misconception. That's ah! what out. <laughs> Thank you. Get it. Thank you. Yeah. Slow burner. So, yeah. But but the point is, that would fuck up the whole plan with the fluoride. Well, right. <laughs> and, and if you find a preemie on top of your Brita, that was just a really good prank. It wasn't filtered out. That's, that is pretty funny. And in social justice warlock news tonight, according to a recent article in Rolling Stone, a Los Angeles-based liar named Chani Nicholas has managed to build a large following and a successful business by providing online astrology workshops that contain a progressive political message. And much like the conflicted nature of the job, I also can't decide on uh, this person's appearance. She looks like a horse got a perm and dressed up like a woman, but like... Like, in a good way. Like, I'm pretty sure I want to fuck this horse lady. Like, like if the good wife was a centaur. Juliana Margulies, centaur. Yeah, she looks like Cher was messing around with those funny filters in photo booth, and then one of them came to life. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. No, I had Tracy Harris went to a plastic surgeon and said, give me the jigsaw. Yeah, so, uh, here's what she does. For about $40 a session, Idiots can learn why planetary orientation means they should have empathy for other people hmm. and mm -hmm. whatever the fuck else Eli's always whining about. But as much <laughs> as I'd love to see stupid people lose their money while learning some basic morality, and as much as I'd love to blame the Masterpiece Cake Shop ruling on uh, bars being at a fucking heterosexual angle last <laughs> week, whatever, feels like social justice astrology is still fraud and uh, I should... I should be against it. Let, let's explain why I'm against it. You guys go first and I'll tell you. Uh, ooh, ooh, because right. you hate black people. No, uh, well, I'm pretty uh, sure okay. his hatred for black people is an unrelated covariance. I'm going to go with general yeah. opposition to bullshit fostered by the elemental opposition between your sun and moon signs. Inflicted <laughs> plantarily, yeah. yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, the big question is, do the ends justify the means? Especially considering how we, we live in a nation full of tragically stupid people and one of the two major political parties is definitely working hard to get votes by appealing to all that stupidity. So it seems like there's something to be said for at least making sure the stupid spiritual hippies can cancel out some votes by the stupid religious hillbillies. As we all know, 
naive leftists are completely harmless <laughs> and never help cause election <laughs> outcomes that are horrible and tragic. So uh, I'm sorry, Heath, I could not hear you over Jill Stein's very loud counting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, he, the problem is the stupid, though, right? Like, you can't fix stupid with different you stupid. They don't stupid cancel out. Stupid. They do not cancel. You can still try. You can see what happens when you throw stupid at others. I mean, it it's entertaining it as be, all fuck. You know, are you not entertained? Yeah, you are. All right. <laughs> Maybe we have a gladiator thing. Okay, anyway. anyway. anyway we're getting off track. We're getting off track. So, yeah, so again, <laughs> we, we have some things in common. You're but, tall. <laughs> all right, that's really wish. Is she not tall? It doesn't, that's not the point. <laughs> She's many things, I, and she deserves compliments for her other great qualities. Whatever. Again, we're getting off track. Uh, point is, she's definitely making our camp look bad. Yeah. Like how lots of Republicans probably feel about Donald Trump, or American people feel about Donald Trump, or <laughs> human beings feel about Donald Trump. <laughs> Bottom line, maybe we can find a non-magical reason to believe in feeding hungry people and getting medicine for sick people and how mentioning that too many black people are getting killed by police doesn't mean we want more white people getting killed by police. I feel like that uh, shouldn't be a misunderstanding. So, like, it's what would Jesus do if he was just, like, a nice gay guy from Palestine? Right. Let's all do that. <laughs> uh, he would get shot for getting too close to a fence. <laughs> no, oh, was, you were doing a hypocrisy. You were sorry. Yeah, you were right doing back a then. Again, then okay. Means, yeah. The gladiator then. thing. No, 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 still. All right. <laughs> also... Maybe get shot for too close to offense back then. That's a long policy, standing policy. <laughs> Separate conversation. Exactly. And in all Egypt me news tonight, the top administrative court in Egypt has given hard turn into puns. I struggled. I struggled. I found one. The top administrative court in Egypt has given YouTube a timeout and a stern talking to over their failure to censor videos that piss Muslims off, a category also known as videos. The court ordered YouTube banned nationwide for a month and warned that further violence could result in a loss of Nintendo privileges. A spokesman for YouTube reiterated their insistence that they wanted to be in their room anyway and that they hate stupid Egypt so much. <laughs> oh, boy, Egypt. You think you hate YouTube now? You just wait till you get the full thing. Right? It's like if every other page of a really good recipe book was Mein Kampf. It's like, oh. <laughs> okay, I don't think you're using the internet right Thank you. at all. It's always like, if your browser history is the same as the Nazis, I feel like it stops being ironic at a certain point. Like where, it's like shit porn. You're a shit porn fan. Now, this case all got started when Egyptian lawyer Mohammed Hamad Salem got his colon all knotted up over the 2012 short movie Innocence of Muslims. Now, you'll remember this 14-minute shit statement of a film that caused massive riots around the Muslim world, and if you're not a conspiracy theorist, uh, was either the instigating factor or the convenient excuse for the 2012 attack on Benghazi. Yeah, Hillary knew about the riots. Well, <laughs> now she's just raking in those Benghazi prophets. <laughs> Clearly, yeah. And despite pressure from the White House to remove the video at the time, Google, YouTube's parent company, refused, noting that the video was critical of Islam, not Muslims, and therefore met YouTube's standards. Yeah, I said you're all a bunch of animals. Listen. <laughs> so fast forward five <laughs> years, countless riots, hundreds of injuries, and 50 deaths later, and Egypt is apparently still carrying on with this shit. Uh, the court justified their ruling by pointing out that the video could cause riots and violence, which is demonstrably true, I guess, and also cited its possible effect on Muslim children. You know, that wide swath of English-speaking Muslim children who surf YouTube in the country where the average income is 16 bucks a day. <laughs> yeah, quick tip for Egypt. 
might be easier to start from scratch with the internet. Just go with the websites that don't cause yeah, riots. Right. Just build up from there. Bottom up. Yeah, exactly. Now, Google CFO Ruth Porat expressed grave concerns for the company's future after adjusting second quarter earnings statements to reflect the loss of one twelfth of the annual Egyptian YouTube revenue. <laughs> the stock sell-off is still underway and seems like it might be leveling off. But just to be on the safe side, start familiarizing yourself with somebody else's maps, too. No, I will not use Apple Maps, no matter how no, hard you- my iPhone makes me try. <laughs> you will No, you will not use them, even if you try. And finally tonight, from the god-awful Goofies file, Hogwarts School for Bitchcraft and Bigotry, Liberty University, is back in the news this week for their upcoming film, The Trump Prophecy, which is about about (laughs) none other than his favorite tarp-inventing prophet, Mark Taylor. Mark motherfucking Taylor. Amazing. Yeah, he calls himself a fireman prophet. And uh, instead of telling people there's going to be a fucking fire, <laughs> he invented a tool for dragging their smoldering corpses out of the fire that he knew was going to happen and didn't say anything about. Yeah, he's like a not great X-Men. So Mark <laughs> Taylor, who listeners will remember for appearing on the show only a few more times than I have, is a former firefighter who received a message that Donald Trump would be elected president. In 2012. Yeah. <laughs> which was wrong or on a weird delay. Either but it way, was a fire prediction. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Closer than the Simpsons. Yeah. Either way, since then, he's claimed everything from the Russian investigation being a psyop, that he caused Hillary to collapse with his prayers, yep. that Pizzagate was real, mm-hmm. that Trump will unveil the cure for cancer and Alzheimer's in his Not second yet. term. Yeah, Not right. Yet. No, he's holding it. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a lot. Literally, there's nothing crazy you can make up that he hasn't said. <laughs> oh, oh, I want to play. Fun game. Okay. Right, uh, uh, pedophiles are easier to catch during the winter. Nope. 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 He definitely <laughs> yes, he said exactly yep. that recently. <laughs> Those words. That was exact words, pretty much. Uh, okay. Uh, TV screens are shooting radio waves that cause liberal DNA mutations. Nope. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a hard game. Right? It's like the Arkham Horror card game of crazy dudes. You just can't, can't win. That's kind of the point. I mean, the saddest part is that Donald Trump being president isn't crazier than any of the other shit. It just happened. <laughs> right? Like like in real universe that this is clearly a wacky simulation of, we're still listing it alongside the TV DNA shit and Pizzagate just to round out the list. That's true. That's true. Anyway, all of this is why he is the ideal protagonist for a film made by a university that has trouble with its students trying to walk through walls and soak up Christian energy through grades. <laughs> a lot of people have asked, will we review it? Yes. Will I love every second? Also, yes. Of course. Why? Because it's the movie version of a hobo describing another hobo's dream to you. (laughs) (laughs) And with that earnest effort to reintroduce the term hobo to the national lexicon, we're going to close the headlines for the night. Heath, Eli, thanks as always. Jumanji. And when we come back, you're going to get that sad, the show's almost over feeling. Eli likes to joke around on the show about us going through a fake Christian conversion and starting a Christian podcast to make more money. It's not a joke. I'm the editor. Yes, it is. Anyway, I feel like that's a pretty good indicator that podcasting isn't a mature art form because in mature art forms like music, movies, television and literature, switching from the secular to the Christian version never means more success. And with that in mind, we'd like to present yet another installment of God Awful 
And joining us once again is the host of the Thinking Atheist podcast and the author of Deconverted, A Journey from Religion to Reason and Sacred Cows, A Lighthearted Look at Belief and Tradition Around the World, Seth Andrews. Seth, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. It's good to be back. Hey, man, last time you were here, you introduced us to the leather goddesses of Phobos. Uh, I think uh, I've gone down that rabbit hole. (laughs) And I just want to tell you all that whatever they say about post 2000, the Generation X has nothing, nothing on us. All right, I don't I ever have, want to hear about millennials again. I just want you to know I paid her $100,000 and asked her not to speak about it in public. I just want you oh. to know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're back for more Christian music. Heath, tell us, what will we be breaking down today? All right, we watched New Thang by DC Talk. Oh, good God. It's, uh, it's a group of white people plus one black guy just brutalizing black culture. It's basically <laughs> a musical version of the Rodney King video. <laughs> That's what we watched. It's a music video. If Rodney King was a music video, it's this. Yep. yep. And Eli, how bad was this video? Well, if you loved rap back when even black people weren't very good at it, but you want someone <laughs> even worse, you will love this music video. If, if you told me that this was this entire video was done at gunpoint, I'd be like, oh, okay, sure. Right. Sure. <laughs> now it makes sense. Now, Seth, okay, be honest. Even in your most devout days of worship and Christian music fandom, this would have annoyed the fuck out of you, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I never liked this. Even when I was a true blue believer and Christian broadcaster, <laughs> I hated this song. And there's, I followed DC Talk later in the 90s, but this earlier incarnation for me, it was just the whole video screams, kick my ass and take my milk money. That's the all that I get <laughs> from these three guys. Just kick my ass and take my milk money. Now, oh, Seth, I have a very important question because we learned last time you were on the show that you, you wore the white suit and you had the sock tie. Were you ever in the jumpsuit and the backwards cat? You have to tell us. It's like being a cop. Show me your dick set. You no, have to. No, no, no. I never did it. I, I uh, but, you know, it's it's hard. You look back at the, or do the 80s qualify as oldies now? I, oh, yeah. I think so. Like, is it 80s or is it oldies? Because we're getting to the point where we're approaching, you know, 2019. And I'm trying to figure out, is it? Is that is our culture? Is that decade really oldies now? I I mean no, it is Seth. Because think about <sighs> it, like when when we it were is. kids, when our parents were forty, their shit was oldies. Our stuff is oldies now. Oh God, no way around it. Hurts my heart. Hurts my heart. I was my high school experience was like everybody. Look at these runt guys trying to dress like Don Johnson in Miami Vice, and <laughs> think of how pathetic <laughs> that is. And that's also how most men in Christian music videos dressed. It was very much the white jacket and the narrow <laughs> ties. They did the piano key ties. They did the fedora, uh, the baggy pants, the parachute pants, those types of things. And so uh, I, mean, I was guilty of some of it, but not all. I still remember my first pair of parachute pants. I was oh, so disappointed yeah. when I found out that all those zippers didn't actually have pockets. <laughs> <laughs> I wore parachute pants to parachute day. In kindergarten, everyone made fun of me, and I thought I was crushing it. It was a big changing point for me. I don't want to get into it. it. I think it's the first joke I ever made to a big group of people where they were like, what? And I was like, fuck you all. <laughs> like starting a podcast. At some point, somebody looked at the material for a parachute and said, you know? 
<laughs> Those are not great. Pants. I want to wear that. Yeah, there was a lot of cocaine back then. Okay, so is there anything you guys want to nominate this video for being the best at being the worst at? Uh, yeah, okay. Started to talk about it already. Best worst cultural appropriation. Like they, <laughs> they might as well be wearing Cleveland Indians mascot heads with blackface <laughs> over the red skin. It's so fucking bad. <laughs> I've got the uh, best worst wearing of cross necklaces from Catholic book and gifts. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I these got. were state issued. Uh, I'm going to go with best worst understanding of what a new thing is. Spoilers. This song will realize exactly zero verses in that they are not in fact talking about a new thing. <laughs> no, they are not. <laughs> Oh my god! And so I, I went, I wrote out, I copied out the lyrics from some website or whatever, and then I went to put my notes in them. And the first lyric is, "You know he's doing it," and immediately my note is, "Boy, that's the quickest I've ever hated anything." <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we're going to mostly be talking about the lyrics. And so last time we talked a lot about the video because the video is telling a story. In this one, the video is just white people bouncing, right? Yep. White people bouncing and then obviously checking in with their black friend for a thumbs up and then bouncing <laughs> some more. Right. Can we please use the N word? We'll put the A at the end. No, please, no, man. I said, can you say it for us? Still no. So no. what if we dub it in? But it's nope. you. You're the one. <laughs> yeah, it's so bad. It's just a montage of like stuff the kids like that's supposed to be yes, cool yes. with the word God every two seconds spliced in. So it's like baseball, God, sneakers, God, <laughs> black friend, God. <laughs> and by the way, okay, so this is another great 80s reference that nobody will get, but they're all dancing like Mr. Hot Dog from Burger Time. No? Shit, I, okay. gotta, I gotta Google that now. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Hot Dog. Wait, I'm afraid to Google Mr. Hot Dog. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's oh, like blue the guy who introduced us to leather goddesses doesn't want to Google Mr. Hot Dog. <laughs> Ain't it always the way? It's all fine when it's your kink. <laughs> if I had known sitting in that steakhouse, I was sitting across from a leather goddess player. <laughs> so... We should also point out, okay, so like they're making these really ridiculous efforts to to make these kids look hard, right? They're like, oh, put us up behind a chain link fence. It'll make us look street, yo. Oh, a good percentage of these lyrics are God challenging us to a fight, just so we know how <laughs> tough these people are. <laughs> yeah. It's got, it's got an electric boogaloo kind of vibe, even though they did a lot of black and white. It's got that same sort of... Um, I don't know. It's like kind of a street rap video mixed with a really bad Mentos commercial. Actually, all the Mentos <laughs> commercials are really bad. But it's like, you know, it's this weird mix of edgy, hard, and also like extremely blissful and happy at the same time. It's two tones that completely clash and don't work. Well, and also they're trying to do all the hip hop dance moves, but they don't have the skill for it. So it's like hip hop meets uh, the hokey pokey, you know? So, okay. So then we get white people rapping, which is as good as you expect. Uh, he goes, my God is doing a brand new thing, but since time began, he remains the same, you know, he ain't. <laughs> which uh, would seem to indicate that he's not doing a new thing. <laughs> stupid. Damn it. Damn it. One second. Into yeah. our song. Do you guys want to call it old thing? <laughs> yeah, Do we? Because right. I feel like we already wrote that verse now. He carries on from harp to piano and song to rap. You know, God's with us. So we cannot lack. <laughs> That's to rhyme with rap. 
guys. That's the best they could do. And then it, that's a goes, hard one. App? What? What? App? What's yeah, lap? Right. Oh, lap. I got okay, the clap. I, I got it right I got away. the clap again. Yeah, Map. no, we can't keep talking about that though. Um, so then we get the chorus again. God is doing it. God is doing a new thing. Uh, and we also learned at the end of this course that they too are doing a new thing. Right. And this is uh, where the only African-American who will be allowed to speak in the music video comes in with a through Jesus Christ in a separate <laughs> continent. Right. He's obviously <laughs> all by himself. They, were, he, they, he, they obviously approached some black singer and they were like, yeah, so this is the whole video. And the guy was like, no. And we're in a fist fight now. So they just hired another guy and they were like, we literally just need you to sing through Jesus Christ. And he was like, okay, I mean, it's, how are you guys going to use it? Don't worry about it. All right. It's, how bad could it be? That, by the way, is the lead singer from the Newsboys. That is Michael Tate. What? Oh, is it? Yup. Oh, Michael yes! Tate is the black guy from DC Talk. Wow. Yep. Oh, I've never been more happy. And wait, all the right. same band that finishes all the God's Not Dead movies? That or is correct, another, sir. Uh, yeah, that's no, the one. The guy who looks like the Predator now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. or, no, the guy. Yeah, he does look like Predator. All right, so then God is once again doing a new thing. Uh, and, and also, this is where they kind of take claim of that new thing. It's like God is doing a new thing through our music. We're doing a new thing so he can use it. Music, use it. Anyway, God's using this music and we're coming strong. DC talking, often singing a song. Not always, though. Sometimes just ordering a pizza. To make <laughs> you think twice about the way that you live... <laughs> And can let you know Christ is the one that'll give. <laughs> da, da, da. Okay, so about halfway through the recording, Michael Tate clearly explained how black people use lots of contractions and apostrophes because, <laughs> like, until this point, they were trying to rap like whilst enunciating every single syllable and using the subjunctive would that we would but now but now they go way overboard the other direction yeah. because he explains that so everything's like new speak ebonics now it's, it's so stupid <laughs> so yeah he says uh the christ is the one that'll give peace in your heart a new start call on the lord and he'll do his part a brand new thing to your raggedy walk he might just match it up to that big old talk. <laughs> okay. Anyone else feel like they were being challenged to a fight by God's hype man at this point? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like something got fucked up here and God's like, wasn't on me. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> I I'm really curious. Seth, how did you introduce this song when you played it? Were you like, and now this for a second. <laughs> <laughs> and now for something completely different. I don't really remember. I, I, you know, I know we did play it uh, on on the radio quite a bit. Of course, this was considered this was considered too edgy for daytime airplay. <laughs> was it really? <laughs> yeah. So you didn't Little play grannies it. are like, "New thing." I'm sorry, Seth, but that's just too much for me. I'm in for praising the Lord, but there's a ways and a means. <laughs> they changed the I to an A in thing, and it's wrong. Messed up my crossword puzzle. We used to <laughs> during the day was all the safe stuff for the go to work adults, and then you know this type of anything that incorporated rap, which anything anything that had rap was put on the evening and overnight playlist, and so we didn't even play the thing during during the day because it, at that time in that culture in the church it was considered too edgy. 
for daytime airplay in Christian radio. So wait, so wait, so edgy was not a product of the lyrics. It was the product of sounding black. It was well, <laughs> well. I mean, you're looking at a, a culture that's got a an Olympic gold in hypocrisy. So there's a yeah, hundred right. reasons <laughs> why somebody would move something to another time zone. But at, at that point in Christian music, anything rap was considered not mainstream, and so they're like, well, you know, the kids like it, and so they would shuffle it off out of the mainstream playlist during the day, and and uh, so that's that was the excuse anyway. Uh, Follow-up question, and, and this is for all the older members. You know, Keith was born in 1983. I was born in 1987. Shh. Noah, Seth, you were born in 1923. When, <laughs> when did the world learn to dance? Because if I can look at a music video and do all the dancing in it, I feel like it wasn't. When, was the, when did we really nail dancing? You well, don't can you dance do the, in the Charleston? In the, you, you don't dance. It's liturgical movement. It's a move ah. of the spirit. <laughs> you, know, you don't dance. Yeah. Oh. They definitely weren't dancing. It was, I'm with you there. It was amazing. Like honestly, it feels like Michael Tate was winning a bet with his black friends about what like fake hip hop dance moves he could make up and get these white guys to do. <laughs> like how ridiculous he could make it. Like because now they're just doing like ballet moves from Fantasia. They're playing leapfrog. They're like miming a canoe ride. It's the best. He definitely tricked them into doing a bunch of shit. So, all right. So now it's our time to get to the hardcore rhyme here. Christ is the reason for DC talk. Gee, I wonder what Lin-Manuel Miranda is going to rhyme talk with. He's the focus of our daily walk, y'all. Oh, you had it. Just cut it. (laughs) Without him, we ain't nothing but names. But through God, we're doing brand new things. Thames. River, River, River Thames. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I have to ask Keith, as a Yankees fan, which was worse, watching the white dude dancing around in this video wearing the Yankees jersey or the 2004 no, ALCS? We don't talk about that. Oh, okay. We don't talk right. about that on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so that was worse. Okay. Just curious. And then we get the uh, the endless chorus, which, by the way, is still going on in my head. <laughs> we have watched two and a half hour Christian movies significantly shorter in experience than this three minute music video. <laughs> I was pausing. I was cleaning the house, texting old girlfriends, <laughs> anything but this. All right. Well, Seth, I know this fucking song is still stuck in my head. I would imagine you've got the same problem. So I appreciate you suffering alongside us once more. No, it's a real joy. I mean, this is, uh, I mean, I'm kind of a masochist anyway, but I mean, it's interesting too. If you go back and you Google like Christian rappers of the 80s and 90s, they were all got like DC Talk stands for decent Christian. Decent Christian talk. Oh, God. That's what that was built. And there's some, <laughs> there's some, a bunch of. Is that real? Yeah, that's real. <laughs> And then there's Amazing. like, there's DOC, which stands for Disciples of Christ. There was actually a, a Christian rap group called Grits. G-R-I-T-S. I shit you not. Acronym? It's, yeah, Grammatical Revolution in the Spirit. So, yes! <laughs> yes! Oh, we got, we got to figure out a gravy for them, too. <laughs> oh. Heath's just surrounded by charts for the next month. The next time you see Heath, he's going to be like, I have haberdashery. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing as cool as Mr. Hot Dog, but they did have grits back in the 1980s, 1990s. No, this is a lot of fun. I, it's a blast from the past. It's always embarrassing. I've always got a blush on my face when we go through this stuff, but it's 
I, I find it liberating. You take all this insanity and you realize what a cheap knockoff it is of the quality stuff over here in the secular world. And you and you realize that you know, they're thinking, why, cre- why create uh, mediocrity when you can copy genius, right? And so that's exactly what they're doing. <laughs> Instead of being original, let's go find what's popular. Let's grab it, make a cheap-ass version of it and go out and, and try to sell it as our own. Well, it was so amazing about doing this is that we get to kind of double up on that because it's like a cheap knockoff version of stuff that's just horrible from the 80s to begin with. Now. <laughs> it's like Mormonism. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, all right. Well, Seth, thanks again for hanging out. My pleasure, guys. Thank you. It's time for the part of the show that comes next, listener feedback. This is the part of the show that still exists. See, it's still here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so our first message comes in the form of a one-star review on iTunes by Living... (laughs) Oh, it gets so good. By Living Phil, titled, Silence on Race Realism is Immoral. Oh, in his, in his review, he says, oh, it's so good. In his review, he says, quote, was a fan at one time, but their absolute refusal to call out Sam Harris what? on his year-long defense of Charles Murray is detestable. These are people who feel morally superior to Mother Teresa, well, yeah. but they're more than yeah. happy to remain silent as a leader of their movement, says the only plausible reality is one where black people are genetically inferior to whites. And you know what? End quote. I marked his review as not helpful for his refusal to call out Pol Pot during his <laughs> review. What do you have against Cambodian peasants, asshole? <laughs> Phil. Okay. Phil, uh, as the wokest bay on our program, let me... <laughs> <laughs> Let me break this down for you. Uh, firstly, we have addressed the claims of Charles Murray on this show multiple times, both seriously and as passing jokes. And if you were a fan at one time, you, you weren't. You'd have <laughs> fucking heard that. Uh, no, what you saw was a comment on a Facebook from an idiot who also doesn't listen to our show. And you decided a one star review would be a great way to show us what for. Also, you look, I don't listen to Sam Harris's show, but I'm going to go out on a limb here. And I'm going to say that Sam Harris didn't say that, quote, the only plausible reality is one where black people are genetically inferior to whites, end quote. I'm going to bet a fucking ham sandwich that Phil can't bring me that audio. And, and by the way, that's not a defense of Sam Harris so much as an admission from Phil that he can't even make the thing that we didn't do that he thinks we do sound bad without making shit up. Hold on. Right. Real quick. You're going to bet a ham sandwich? A ham. Like, is that it? Standard betting? Like a whole... Yeah. Like a, standard ham sandwich. I mean, look, when Come you're on. almost eating a ham sandwich, it's worth a lot more than it is when you're buying a ham sandwich, right? It was exactly. Almost to your... All right, now I really want a ham sandwich. See? So like, we're, <laughs> we're talking about it. Well, Phil... Phil's going to owe you one. Well, yeah, I was going to say, you've got to <laughs> right. you just bring me some racist uh, Sam Harris audio and you're good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, if you're asking... Why we haven't debunked the bell curve specifically on our show. Well, well we're going to do that because, after Case for Christ, ass. <laughs> it's because we're an atheism yes. themed show, right? And debunking every right wing policy wonk who wrote a pseudoscientific, universally panned piece of garbage in the 90s doesn't really fall into the atheism category. <laughs> and. Perhaps we don't want to give attention to this bullshit specifically and especially when, as your review indicates, some of our community might be falling for it, right? 
But that's not what you meant, Phil. See, what you meant is, why haven't we dedicated our atheism show to fighting Sam Harris? Exactly. And I, <laughs> and you know what? I can understand why you'd ask that. A lot of atheist podcasts have dedicated themselves exclusively to sort of in-community discussion at this point. And I like some of those shows, but that's not our show. What we do on this show is we fight theocracy on this show. And despite the popular belief, we are not obligated to personally disprove and address every dumbass thing every non-God-believing person says or does, no matter how popular they might be. Also, you know, I'm sorry, like, the internet is vast, but if I have to bitch about all the people I don't like, there's going to be no room left for Netflix, and it'll be your fault, <laughs> Phil. <laughs> yeah, can verify, can verify. And, and Phil... I'll tell you why we don't do the like, hey, this is who we disagree with, right? Because right now there's a 19 year old kid who like just escaped their religion who's listening to us for the first time. Or as we found out, there are like 54 year old dudes who used to be preachers listening to us for the first time. And they're being told they're not alone in being an atheist for the first time. They're being told that like, we know religion's bullshit too for the first time. And for the first time, they're tuning into our show and we're saying like, don't worry guys. And you're like, you should announce that the church bitches and bigots are there too here's our enemy list and when we do that that person feels more alone more afraid and we don't get to teach them by example because honestly phil if you used to be a fan if you've heard so much of our show is there any chance that someone could listen to our show and be unclear about our position on the motherfucking bell curve right <laughs> Thank you, sir. Also, just fun, quick story about the bell curve in my life. We went to a live show last year, and somebody, as a joke, gave me a copy of the bell curve. Oh, like, ha, 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 he, well, here's a copy of the bell curve. Somehow your character persona got turned into a racist over the course of the show. I don't know what happened. You're but Irish. That, it, okay, fair. Well, he gave, I got that as a joke, as a gag gift. And then I had to bring it through airport security. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I had to open my bag because, like, I put, like, an electronics thing in my bag. And it was an African-American oh, gentleman no. who happened to open up my bag and be like, is this your bag? And the bell curves right on top. <laughs> and I was just like, it's uh, it's a joke. It's, I, about, I ironically I'm... carry around a really large book in my <laughs> suitcase. He's the first person to be like, I did not pack my own bag. <laughs> There's a bomb no, in there. Just take just, me away. Just set that one on fire. <laughs> uh, and also, by the way, for what it's worth, I know this is a minor part of the review, but I've never tortured children or withheld medicine from sick people because pain helps them get closer to God. Okay, if I had an autographed copy of the bell curve that I used to whack black kids in the head until they forgot their multiplication tables, I'd still be a better person than Mother Teresa. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I mean, I still think you should stop trying to set that up at a live show, but it is true. It is. <laughs> All right. We also had an email from a listener named Samantha. Samantha! Hey guys, love your shows. Great start. I was thinking about getting a scathing atheist tattoo. Yeah! And I was wondering what you guys think. Mm. Would that freak you out? Yep. It would in a very positive way. We're freaking <laughs> out. Also, what should I get for the tattoo and where would you suggest that I get it? Wow, you asked us that. Great idea, Samantha. <laughs> and by the way, that is the only one of two getting a scathing atheist tattoo emails that we got this week. So, hey, Natalie, go for it. 
We love it. Yes, <laughs> do it. Okay, so uh, logo is preferred because someday you'll regret it and you'll be able to just be like, it's a band I liked. But <laughs> if you want to go all out, I'm going to say a full-size replica of my face <laughs> on, on her your face. face. Yes, your face. All right, and maybe, okay, so sad Eli on the back of your face, happy Heath on the front of your face. <laughs> you can tell people how you're feeling. Situation. Get this all so the much better jokes I've written tattooed on your back about Heath. So, like, he's eating ramen. <laughs> well, I, I eat ramen. I just feel like it's not a... It's not a defining characteristic of me as a person. <laughs> or as a, wow, not I on gotta, the show. Gotta be honest, guys. Great job. I when I saw this email, I was thinking that Samantha was gonna get much worse advice. Maybe you get a graph <laughs> of the intelligence of black people and white people. Right? Oh god. Uh, if she's a listener to our show, we know she already has that tattoo. Wow. Phil pointed it out. <laughs> Phil called us out. He knows. <laughs> also racists <laughs> love our show. <laughs> Also, I'm going to jump out of the uh, script that we've got here, too, because I wanted to mention this. A listener got in touch with me uh, the other day and said that uh, I believe it was the Skeptocrat they were listening to. And they had a pre-roll ad on there for a like baby homeopathic remedy or something. Um, and I want to make it clear to the listeners, like, look, the, the, the pre-roll ads, the ads that you hear before the show starts, those are dynamically inserted based on like your location, what they know of your age, gender, buying habits and whatever. Uh, so there's there's like a bazillion different advertisers that use that. So we can't actually go through and say these are the advertisers we approve. But what we can do is say these are the advertisers that we never want to see again. So if you ever hear an ad like that, uh, just let us know the name of the company, the name of the brand that's being advertised, and we'll get the fuck rid of it immediately, yeah. which is what we did with right. the uh, it was baby Mark Zuckerberg's fault. It was all yeah, exactly. Mark it's all Zuckerberg. Fault. Also, great little moment that we had with our thing because we we have the like don't know fake medicine thing as a category. We're like we don't want any alternative medicine. So the way they got through that filter for us is that it's medicine other. It's not. Oh, was it really? Medicine. It's medicine other. So I was like, okay, we're not doing medicine other. Is there anything else I need to know? <laughs> yeah, right. like, you know what? Just no medicine. No one's gonna find out about medicine. Just old navy ads. You're all getting old navy ads. <laughs> <laughs> and 1-800-CARS-FOR-KIDS, apparently. Oh, that's what I get every fucking... And that's all the feedback you're going to get. If you want more, keep sending us those emails, tweets, and one-star reviews. We fucking love those. <laughs> those don't are find the all don't, don't, <laughs> You'll find all they the show contact us. info on the contact page at skatingatheist.com. Before we return the moving truck this week, I want to let everybody know that we've just announced another live record for god-awful movies, this time in beautiful London, England. We're going to be there on October 6th. That's a Saturday night. We'd love to see you there. We're doing a platinum night viewing the night before. Tickets to both are still available and linked on the show notes. Anyway, that's all the blast movie we've got for you tonight, but we'll be back in 10,022 minutes with more. If you can't wait that long, be on the lookout for a brand new episode of our sister show, The Skeptocrat, debuting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time on Monday, an even newer episode of our sister show's hot friend, god-awful movies, debuting at 7 a.m. Eastern on Tuesday, and an even newer episode of our half-sister show, Citation Needed, debuting at noon Eastern on Wednesday. Obviously, I couldn't hold my head high in the Coliseum anymore if I neglected to thank Heath Enright for years of being Earth's most considerate roommate and also for helping me move that goddamn fold-out couch. Also, want to thank the lovely and talented Lucinda Lusions, who's super sorry that as soon as she got back here to do a twim, she had to skip another week because of the move. She'll be back next week, promise. And I also want to thank Eli in advance for not rage-quitting over all the shit I'm going to give him for this meditation retreat thing. I also want to thank Instagram's very own Riley, the med.entomologist, for providing this week's Farnsworth quote, quite possibly the most qualified person to send one in yet. But most of all, of course, I need to thank this week's best people, 
But unfortunately, I can't do it by name because I, I have to record this outro way in advance this week. But I promise to sufficiently talk up your junk next week. And if you'd like your genitals complimented alongside theirs, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash scathingatheist, whereby you'll earn early access to an extended ad-free version of every episode. Or you can make a one-time donation by clicking on the donate button on the right side of the homepage at scathingatheist.com. And if you'd like to help but you need all your spare change if you're ever going to make it to the quarter-snapping championships, you can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes, liking our Facebook page, and telling a friend about the show. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres. Tim Robertson takes care of our social media and our audio engineer is Morgan Clark who also wrote all the music that was used in this episode which was used with permission. If you have questions, comments, or death threats you'll find all the contact info on the contact page at scathingadius.com. Fuck you, Phil. (laughs) (laughs) The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.